Welcome to Cafecito with Rosie on air, where you'll get to know local professionals, entrepreneurs, movers, and shakers, and how they're helping their community. Hear exclusive interviews from thriving individuals, get inspired, and learn from them. And now, your host, author, speaker, commissioner, Medicare broker, business owner, published author, and business trailblazer, Rosie Paulson. Welcome to Cafecito with Rosie on air. We are on the fourth week of February 2022. We're still on the first quarter theme purpose. This month of February, we are focusing on acknowledging and facing fears. I am honored to introduce one of my biggest mentors, somebody that I can talk to and rely on when things don't go my way. Because sometimes as a woman with so many different roles, things don't happen. But my attitude and how I help others achieve their God-given plan or get their God-given talent makes a difference. And it helps me with whatever challenge I'm going through. I am honored today to introduce to you Rita Lohman. She has been, she is a 45-year banking veteran, most recently serving as president of Pilot Bank. Rita has managed 20-plus acquisitions in her career, including being part of the executive team who took C1 Bank public. Rita is chair of the Outback Bowl, executive board of the Tampa Bay Chamber of Commerce, Southeastern Cabinet of the American Cancer Society, past chair of the Florida Bankers Association and past director of the Florida School of Banking at the University of Florida. She has served in numerous, uh, she has received numerous awards to include Woman of Dis Distinction from Girl Scouts, Tampa Bay Business Woman of the Year by Tampa Bay Business Journal, and 100 Most Influential People in Florida. The Tampa Bay Chamber of Commerce Small Le Business Leader of the Year and Woman of Distinction. Welcome, Rita. How are you doing today? Thanks, Rosie. I'm so glad to be with you. And it's a great year, that's for sure. And I am so excited because uh, you and I have been in this journey together for a long time, but uh, it's always inspiring to me to hear you because you are authentic and you live what you suggest and what you say. And one of the things that has always been impactful to me is how you always encourage other women that are in CEOs or in high positions to encourage other women to apply for those positions too, because you're tired to be the one of the only few women in those in those boardrooms or, or in whatever of those high-end, challenging, uh, demanding uh, C corp or corporation uh, uh, um, positions. And that I know that's your heart. How did everything start? Let's talk about, first of all, who's Rita? 
as the person. And I think that's the background that everybody needs to understand in order to know why you believe in in encouraging others to to, to find their God-given talent and what they're meant to be. Well, thank you, Rosie. First of all, um, as you know, I think so highly of you too, and it's just such an honor to be with you today. We have gone through a lot together, and that's that's always a positive for us. But my journey started really when I was a young child. Uh, my parents were divorced, and they remarried, and I was having to live with one for six months and then go to the other one's home for six months. And being an only child, that wasn't really a healthy environment at that point. Therefore, I, at nine years old, did go before a judge, and he amazingly asked me, Rita, what would you like to do? Now, I think for a nine-year-old, that's a really heavy question. However, I shared I wanted to stay with my mom during the week and my dad on the weekends. So four days with mother, three days with my dad. And that really um, was an amazing start to the fact that I realized I had a voice and Mm -hmm. that voice could be heard. And I continue to try and utilize my voice for the good of others, because I believe that we're only as good as each of us can give back to our communities and to the people that we surround ourselves with. So that's how my journey began. And then as um, you know, and as I did write in my book, From the Farm to the Boardroom, many other things happened along the way. Being the first girl to be selected president of the student council, that gave me another opportunity to share my voice. But more importantly, being able to surround myself with really strong people, that's how you're successful. Having those around you that have your vision, your values, y'all have each other's back and you believe in each other. And I think that's so, so incredible with uh, the banks that I've been at in the past and especially most recently, about 60% of all of the associates and I had worked together in our past lives. So therefore we knew the vision that we each had for success and how we wanted to give back to our communities. And how do you start in the banking industry? Because I know it's, uh, you know, people think about women and the tellers and stuff like that. Um, but you work, you, you way up. So how did all, all that start? Yeah, and you're right. I did work my way up. I actually started in marketing and training for a little hometown bank in my hometown of Columbus, Georgia. And then when my husband was transferred to Florida, I started with NCMB, which had just come into the market. And so back in 84, I began and really received a great foundation from uh, Bank of America, NCMB Nations Bank, Bank of America. But Rosie, there's one thing that I always share with everyone is that don't be afraid to ask for what you would like to do. And that's what I did. Sometimes it was outside of my comfort zone, but that was okay because I knew that I had the capability and had the ability to learn those new opportunities and those new challenges. So when I went from marking into being what I call a banking generalist and learning a little bit about everything, that's when my career really took off. And I was able to support all the different areas of the bank. I became a banking center manager, moved up to a district manager, to a city exec, all the way up to the state administration exec. And then starting in 2000, I had the pleasure of going into community banks to help turn them around and make them profitable for the shareholders. And this was my fifth one that we just finished. And I'm very proud of the fact that we have done a lot for our associates, our community, our shareholders, and our clients. And that's what banking is all about, relationships, 
one relationship at a time. And that's one of the things, Rosie, that you and I have in common, because you're all about building relationships also. Mm -hmm. And that's what makes it so worthwhile when you see one of your clients that can say, oh, thank you so much, Rita, or because of you, I was able to do A, B, or C. Yes, yes. And it's so important, especially in our little town of of, of Tampa, right? Mm-hmm. I uh, keep saying this and my, my followers and my listeners know, I call Tampa a big city feel with a, a, with a small town charm um, because it's what you do for our community uh, that makes the biggest impact. And then once that impact is made, then you are also being seen as the professional or as the go-getter or as the person that gets things done and that really helps you professionally too but it also gives you the energy that you don't have to always have something that you are uh that you're going after um to accomplish to benefit yourself you do it out of the pure harness the pure heart of making an impact absolutely and you know i've been very blessed And the fact that, yes, I have received uh, recognition, but I do not do anything that I do for recognition. I do it because I believe in it, because I love our community or the people that it is impacting. I think that's so important as we continue to move forward. And I have a couple of initiatives that are very near and dear to my heart, as you know. And those I personally, uh, you know, give my own time to quite often. I do believe in the banking industry, but outside of that, there are other things that have impacted our family, and we've had quite a, um, a big impact over the last couple of years. So therefore, we want to make sure that our story is told so that other families can understand if they're going through the same thing, that you're not in it alone. There are other people that are there to help you. Yeah, and I think it that's the servant leader. And that doesn't mean that because you are a a, a key person in the community or a professional, uh, that life doesn't happen. But the attitude of what, uh, how do you react to to life happening is what we as a community feel inspired and encouraged because we all human and there's days that things don't go our way and perhaps maybe you don't feel like getting up in the morning and but you still have a purpose. You still have a life. And what your mindset is set to believe is what's going to continue to make you live this, this temporary life, what I call it, um, to the best of it. Not just existing, but living to the fullest. Absolutely. And one thing that uh, you know that happened to me is that we found out how short life can be. Mm-hmm. And the fact that every moment of every day, you need to be giving back and open your heart with kindness and being very um, humble, but also realizing you need to enjoy life too. Mm-hmm. Because there's times that we don't take the time for ourselves or our family. And that's what it's all about. It's all about being able to enjoy each other and care and listen. You know, I always say that you can tell when somebody's not feeling good or something's wrong, Do but do you take the time to say, I'm here if you need to talk, mm-hmm. not how are you doing, because how are you doing? I'm fine, mm-hmm. is going to be. But I always share 
with my friends when I know they've gone through hard times or like uh, when I went through hard times, I really felt um, that the people that said, I'm here to listen, I'm here for you to share, really was impactful because there's times that you don't want to talk, but then there's times when you need to get it out and you need to have that moment that's your moment, whether it's a moment of, of sharing or crying or just enjoying being with someone, whatever it may be, realize that someone needs you at some point in their life. Yes, and and I do want to give uh, the moment for that experience. But before we move on, because I'm going to think we're going to end up both of us crying. So <laughs> I, I want to make sure that we finish this show because this is what it's all about. This is the raw and real of the relationship. Mm-hmm. But um, one of the things that I always wanted to uh, uh, mention is you and I, at the very beginning, we met when we were part of the Hispanic. I was part of the Hispanic Professional Women Association. Right. Um and um, you came into uh, giving one of your uh, speaking engagements. And one of the things that, that struck out to me is you mentioned women, um, we put our own limitations. So, for example, if a position, um, it's open. And the women and women have 70% of the skills for the position, they will feel like they should not apply for that position because they need to learn 30% which with the guys is totally different because there's like, oh, I got 40% of the things, uh, of the knowledge. The other 60%, I get it on the job learning. Mm-hmm. Um, and that mindset of women, because we have so many roles, but at the same time is why not try and and see what happens out of it. Tell me more a little bit about that part. Why Absolutely. is that a big theme? deal and how can a woman overcome that well, it is person, a, go ahead well person really <laughs> yeah well it is a, a a big deal and the fact is is that you know i go back to my bank of america nations bank days and i would actually ask there was a, a project called uh project 93 now this dates me of course however i wanted to run that project for the state of florida and i actually went in and shared with ken lewis I want to run the project for the state. He said, you're not a project manager. No, I'm not. However, I'm a people person. I know how to get things done and I can learn any of of the other skills. And he gave me that opportunity to do it. I'd never limited myself with the fact that I had never truly been a project manager. I'd always been marketing or I'd been in the banking centers managing banks or people. But it's all about we can teach you the skill set. We cannot teach you the people side of it. So if you can communicate with your team, you're going to be able to accomplish whatever that skill set is, and you'll be able to make it happen. I've never been afraid to ask, and I think that's so important. Now, once I went into the community banks, I was really fortunate because as I sold a bank, there were two or three banks that were kind enough to ask me to come in and join their teams. That's when I needed to look and see who would make the best fit for the desired outcome that I had, but also who would I compliment as far as being a part of their team? And I'll give you C1 as an example. Mm-hmm. 
We were 200 and about $70 million called Community Bank of Manatee County when we went into that bank. And uh, the gentleman, Trevor Burgess and Marcella Lima that had purchased the bank, they were, uh, one was an investment banker, one was an entrepreneur. So they needed a true banker to come in and help them with this. It was a perfect match because I was able to run the day-to-day operations of the bank, the people, the retail bank, and Trevor handled all of the investment component of it and um, worked out, you know, we learned from each other. And if I can learn from someone else and vice versa, then you've got a really good match there. We were able to grow that bank to about 1.6 billion. As you mentioned earlier, we took it public and we sold it. That was probably one of the highlights of my career because I had just something that I'd never done before in banking. I started a bank before and done other things, but to have a bank public was uh, just to be on Wall Street and ring the morning bell was absolutely amazing. So I look at that as one of the highlights in my career, of which I've had several, but that's one that really sticks out. Yes. Oh, that is awesome. And I remember that. It's so mm-hmm. it's just like I was, I felt that I was in the room with you. And it's so exciting to me when other women celebrate other women's success. We don't always have to, there's this whole uh, blessing that I have received from being an entrepreneur because other women are genuinely happy of my success. Yeah, there's absolutely. no fighting, there's no cattiness, there's no uh, uh, jealousy. It's just really pure love of being actually happy for somebody else's success. Um, what do you think about that? Because I know you're surrounded with some amazing women too. And I, have you been as blessed as I have with that? Oh, absolutely, Rosie. One of the things I always say is, um, you know, I can end up not seeing someone for six months and we pick up the conversation as though we've been together forever. But I also know that if I have something difficult in my life, that I can call someone too and talk through it with them. And that's what I love about the, the women here in the Tampa Bay market. You know, we're, we have a even though it's a lot of women, it's really a small group because mm-hmm. of the fact that everybody pretty much knows everybody and knows who's doing what. And for instance, you, I mean, look how many lives that you touch every day. And I love, you know, where's Rosie? Because people enjoy saying, oh, okay, I, I found Rosie or I'm with Rosie. And that's the same that I feel like. Today I had the opportunity to meet with one of my mentees and she has just done an amazing job as um, the CEO of her foundation. And to see the growth that she's had in her most recent gala, mm-hmm. it touches my heart because again, she's going to be really leading one of the future leaders of this community. Right. And that's what I look for too. Who's a future leader? Who's going to be able, as I've always said, to take my place in some of the activities that I do, or who's going to be able to continue to make a difference as we move forward? Yes. And I know this is now going to be able to uh, say way, guys, and say, said way to um, the, the, the mental uh, health uh Uh, awareness that we have talked about and that I recently was blessed to be invited by Ian to their last um, um, gala that they had, which was just amazing. And you were this one of the uh, uh, keynote speakers. 
So share your story. How did all this came about and how did you become an advocate for that and for that um for that nonprofit organization and that right. Well again, Grace Point's very near and dear to my heart. Um in February the sixteenth, I'll be honored as their uh the Guy King Award. And I'm I'm so touched that um, you know, they've selected me to be able to do that. My journey began many years ago. Um, my, and if anybody says that their family's not touched by uh, some type of mental health, then they're probably not being honest with themselves. But our family has been touched by um, mental, mental health issues and addiction. And what ended up happening is we really worked as a family to try and help um, our son, our youngest son. And he was doing much better, but it took many, many times because, again, he was uh, bipolar. But more importantly, he was also, um, you know, someone that was so handsome, had so much knowledge and could do whatever he wanted to do if he so elected. His dad was right there with him the whole time trying to help him through. And I will tell you that the last two years of his life, he had turned around and he was actually working in the field. Now, it's an everyday struggle if you have mental health issues or if you have some type of addiction. It does not just go away. And it hurts and the whole family. You have to stay together as a family and be able to work through it. And so Clint was doing extremely well. And we were so proud of what he had started to accomplish. And then on February the 26, 2020, um, Clint actually uh, fell in his apartment uh, down and he had actually passed away of heart failure. Now, the heart failure was due to the fact that he had abused his body and had a very, his heart was like a 60, 70 year old person. And so when they did the autopsy and shared that with us, we, um, we knew he'd had heart issues because he'd worn a monitor before and things like that. But you don't realize that mental health addiction, all of that affects your entire body. But also it affects the entire family. His brother, his dad, myself, all had been affected in some way trying to help Clint. And we saw so many people tell us, what a difference Clint had made in their life. And I want to tell one quick story because I know we're running out of time, but we had a woman that was in her forties that uh, called and she sent a letter also. And she said, two years prior to Clint passing, I walked into his center and they sent Clint out. And I said, what is this good looking big guy going to be able to do to help me? And she said, all of a sudden he took her in his arms and gave her a bear hug and said, we're in this together. We're going to make it through. And she said it was because of Clint that she was at that time still sober. She was able to be back with her family. And she had an episode about a year later. And she said she called Clint. Clint walked her through, helped her through the whole situation. And he was always there when she needed him. And and we've heard that story many times, which is a blessing, Rosie, to be able to know that uh, he did make a difference in so many lives, and he made a major difference in our life. We love he and our oldest son, Gary, immensely, and are so proud that our family of four has been able to make a difference in other people's lives. Well, Rita, thank you so much for for sharing that very intimate story and 
Clint was an inspiration for many of us. And as you, you are an inspiration to many of us. Um, And thank you for being here today. And we want to make sure that we honor. And let's talk about this. I think the part of mental illness that has been the taboo is that people don't talk about it. And by not talking about it is what gives this concern. So thank you, Rita, for championing that. Uh, with your pain and your strategy, but you have turned it around to be a inspiration for others. So as I wrapped up, amigos and my, my listeners, let me share this this uh, clo- uh, let me share this quote with you. Authentic people know themselves, own themselves, and enjoy being themselves. Just be you. And everything else will fall into place. And that's from Solaima Gorani. And as we wrap the, the fourth week of February, learn to, delegate, learn to delegate. Great leaders are not the best at everything. My friends, thank you so much for listening today. Stay pure, stay positive, and stay inspired. This is Rosie Paulson. Ciao. You just enjoyed another episode of Cafecito with Rosie on air. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe and visit www.rosiepaulson.com to learn more about Rosie Paulson Enterprises. Stay pure, stay positive, stay inspired.